Husbands, love your wives. This is what the Apostle Paul writes in the book of Ephesians. And sometimes it's a little easier said than done. Welcome to Fathering Our Future. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and you already know I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. If we're going to be great dads, and we're going to be better dads every day, we probably need to strive to be good husbands too, because the marriage that we have is such a powerful example for our children. And as husbands, as Christian husbands, we have a biblical instruction and responsibility to treat our wives a particular way, to love them as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So to help us with this today, because we all struggle in this area, I have a couple. They are both licensed marriage counselors. If you have girls who like Elsa and the Frozen movies, you can think of the trolls. They're basically the love experts, and they're going to help us today. I have Adam and Carissa King. They're the founders of Dear Young Married Couple. And they're going to give us some tips, some practical action steps, and some solid advice on how we as husbands can better love our wives. If you want to be a part of helping dads grow as disciple makers and making them aware of fathering our future, you can help. And here is what I want you to do. I want you to leave a five-star rating for this podcast and write a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'll take a screenshot of that and send it to me at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com, I have a gift for you. I wrote a book called Cut the Crap, Direct Tips for Becoming a Dad. I cannot send you the physical copy, but I will send you the electronic copy of this book. And technically, you'll get a little bit more because the ebook has additional references that are linked all throughout it. So this is my gift for you for rating and reviewing this podcast. Again, send that to me at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. And by doing that, you're helping create awareness of this podcast. And ultimately, you're helping dads grow as disciple makers. Our scripture passage for this week, you probably already guessed it, is Ephesians chapter number five. And I'm going to read verses 25 through verse 29. This is the NIV. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. Let's learn a little bit more about this. Well, Adam and Carissa, it is so good to have you on the podcast. Uh, I feel like the enemy has tried to prevent this from happening today. Not everyone knows (laughs) this, but for the last, oh, 30 minutes, we've tried to get connected. And so we have... um, We've gone back to probably some earlier roots for you using the headphones to make it work, but I think it works now. <laughs> Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully everybody yeah. can hear us well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's good to have you all on. Um, I introduced you at the very beginning of this episode um, and I likened you to the trolls from Frozen as the love experts. So uh, you're going to, you're going <laughs> to help you. us out today. Yeah. You're very welcome. That's a, it's a high, high compliment. Yeah. Uh, I was happy oh to give it. Goodness. Working on the hair. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You got to get get the locks a little bit. I'm I'm almost there. Um, but we're going to talk yeah. about husbands loving their wives today. So um, 
our key scripture that we're pulling from this week on Father in Our Future is Ephesians 5, verse 25. Mm. And it says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And we all know the verse. Sometimes we kind of, you know, squirm when we hear the verse because sometimes it's easier said than done. Um, and I think that's true across the board for mm. every husband. It's it's just always a challenge. You're bringing two different people into a union and now you're just supposed to be uh, a unity and whole and together yeah. all the time. Uh, and it doesn't really work out quite that way. Yeah. But um I want y'all to help us today. Uh, Adam, I had you on previously. Now we've got, I don't know if you call Chris or your better half or however that works for y'all. 100%, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I had one guy on. <laughs> I'm going to say this and waste no more time. I had a guy on as, for an interview and he mentioned his wife and he said better half and he said, no, he said, that's probably not right. He's like, I wouldn't say that. And then he said something more degrading and I thought, oh, that, that was that that was odd. I didn't use that. Um, I didn't use that interview. That got canned as soon as we ended the thing because it was a bad conversation. But uh, that was oh, just man. one of the many strikes against the guys. So anyway, um, <laughs> we're we're going to talk about you know viewing our wife the right way and loving her the right way because this is something that as husbands that um, I think we really need to do a better job of. So let's go ahead yeah. and start it out here. And Adam, I'll throw it to you first, Chris, so you can come in and uh, correct and corroborate as you feel you need to. But mm. um. Let's start with this. Adam, what does it really mean to you um, to love your wife? Mm. What does it mean to love? Well, love is an action. And I think what a lot of people forget is it's also just not a feeling. Yeah. Um, people think, I when I love my wife, I feel in love when I do these things or actions. So to love, though, I think is more of a decision. It's more based on... I'm going to make this decision whether I feel it or not to love my wife. And well, going back to Ephesians 5.25, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave her himself for her. That was a self-sacrificial love. So Jesus Christ died for the church before the church was doing anything for him. I think a lot of times men see their relationship with their wife and and they think that they're loving and expecting things in return. But when I give something to you and expect something to be given back, that's just called trading. Yep. Yeah. And so when we're, I give something, I don't expect something in return. I'm giving it to give it because right. I'm a good man or God was a good God and gave and enabled our love back to him. Right. So I think first, if, if we're really going to take this, this verse seriously, it puts a huge responsibility and onus on the man to love well and not to give to expect to return. That's very human, by the way, because yep. even I, I'm preaching this, but it's still hard to remember that, um, that when I give something, I'm doing it um, in order to love my wife, my beloved better. Mm. Um, and in doing so, I become more holy because yeah. marriage, I think, is more marriage is about making us holy more than it is about making us happy. But we get that kind of twisted around and we think, oh, because I'm not happy right now, she's doing wrong. And and, you know, we heap the blame. So kind of come full circle. I think loving looks like choosing. Choosing other person over yourself. Um in a certain sense, let me say, 
Uh, maybe I'll have to clarify that because I've seen people like kind of do this self-denigration thing too, but we can come back to that. Sure. But loving well looks like giving and looks like being mindful of the other person looks like trying to make them um, feel good, make them better and, and really partnering in that process that God is trying to work in them. Yeah. I think as you read the rest of Ephesians five going on, starting from verse number 26, I mean, that's the point. Christ Mm. gave himself for her, the church, so that all these other benefits would happen for Mm. the church because the benefits were necessary. So as we give to our wives, I think in a similar way, we do somewhat the same thing. We are enriching and making her more fulfilled and building her up and encouraging and doing all these other great things uh, for her in the process. Now, Adam, you and I are talking about all these things that we do for you know our wives. Carissa, as the wife, uh, how do you feel? What's your take on it? <laughs> well, there are instructions to the wife in that same chapter. Verse 33 talks yeah. about husbands love your wives and wives respect your husbands. And I think a lot of couples take that to mean that, you know, Dr. Emerson Egerich writes about this, the love and respect cycle, right? That when you're showing respect toward your husband, he's motivated and fueled to show love toward you. And then you're feeling motivated and fueled to show respect toward him. And the cycle keeps going. You know, it's interesting. Can I tag onto that? Well, let me, let me share real quick. But so it's, (laughs) it's true. That is absolutely true. Um, However, I think a lot of couples take that as uh, almost like, permission for there, there has to be reciprocity in order for me to, um, to feed, to, to contribute, to give, to love. And, um, instead what, and Adam says this, every time we speak at a marriage seminar or we're doing a a counseling session, he says, yes, reciprocity is beautiful. And that cycle when it's functioning well, it's awesome. But men, and he he does this, and he actually demonstrates that this really well in our marriage. He says, men, it's your job to energize that cycle because Christ loved the church mm-hmm. first. And um, and so I appreciate that he takes that upon himself. That's you know, doesn't give me permission to to not initiate the energizing cycle, mm-hmm. but he does that really well. And he has stepped up in the last several years, big time compared to like the beginning of our marriage. I think a lot of people. Um, probably have room to grow if you're in your first few years of marriage and feels like, you know, that feels so far away. Um, but you can do it. You got to put the work in. And Adam's done such an incredible job Thanks, at that. Babe. Yeah, babe. Way to go, man. Did you want to tag on to the reciprocity she was talking about? Yeah. Or did she give you a tag? No, no, no. She definitely very helpful. I, I was actually looking today at the word, the etymology of the word respect. It really is a Latin word, so it's not, you know, Greek, but it means to take a backward look Mm. to to respect. And I was like, I I was like, at that point, I was like, I don't know how to fit that. Like, how does that work? You know, I was just, I've been always curious about words, but I'm thinking like, if the husband is serving his wife, you know, he's doing things, but then she feels loved. She feels cherished. She feels that appreciation that the husband is giving, it'd be natural for her to take a backward look at the service he's doing mm. and to then reciprocate. Wow. That's really yeah, good. That's neat. Mm. Yeah. That's that. really good. I, I think, I think that's, I think that's good. That's a good little nugget to take away. Yeah. Um, mm. let, let me, let me take a step further in 
uh, Ephesians 5.25. So this isn't really deep theology, but just playing on the words here, um, husbands love your wives. Okay, so this is something that I think uh, has a unique pull and quality to every relationship because um, our wives might be similar, but they're not the same person and they're not identical. And I think this is true across the board. So this this instruction for husbands to love their wife, mm-hmm. uh, it, it definitely has some some room. There's not a one size fits all. This is exactly how you're going to do it. Like you have the model of Christ, um, but still, uh, I think most people are familiar with love languages. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a very popular thing. People have different ways in which they respond to certain actions and gestures and so on and so forth. So, how can husbands listening to this um maybe better figure out their spouse their wife so that they can fulfill this instruction to love her hmm. good. very good question so i'm really happy you asked this too because i don't feel that people change for the better by accident That's um i think that uh all the time we can fall into habits of, you know, laziness and, you know, just vitriol. <laughs> we could, we could fall into places where it's not very loving easily. Mm-hmm. And that's called, you know, the second law of thermodynamics, entropy, everything tends to disorder if you're not putting energy into the system. So to change, there has to be energy that's put into a system in order for it to start to take on more you know, the traits that you want. So for, for people, for men and all the clients that I worked with, I think that in order for things to change, they have to start taking a hard look at themselves to say, okay, how can I change this and make a plan? Mm -hmm. So first of all, it's not going to just change by accident. We have to make a plan. So how, okay. How would someone going about, go about loving their wife better? Their, their their own wife better. Everyone has the different needs and different ways. And love language is a wonderful way to start, like research your wife's love language. That's fantastic. But then let's say, you know, your wife, her love language is quality time and um, let's say acts of service. That's a lot of different ways. Like that opens up a lot of different ways to love her in particular. Mm-hmm. But I think for guys, a lot of times that's so overwhelming. There's so many choices. There's so many things to do. There's so many things to get wrong in that. (laughs) And so uh, being married for now 15 years, I've learned that my wife is not a simple human being. She's complex and she expects me to understand and know all of her complexities. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I would encourage men to make a plan to be a student of their wife. Hmm. How would you study anything? How would you go about becoming an expert at anything? Well, you'd probably have um, writing on that. You'd probably like, let's say like you want to work out, you want to grow your muscles. That doesn't just happen by accident. You just walk in the gym and start throwing weights around. And now you're, you're a Mr. Olympia. You actually have to make a plan. You probably get a coach. You probably get um, material is on it. You probably listen to podcasts on it. You probably really spend some energy 
working on that that whole system. Mm-hmm. So what I would ask the guys to do is why not start to study your wife in any in a way that you would build a house or you know create a better physique or anything that you would do that's worthwhile is hard. A marriage is worthwhile. This is going to be hard. Don't expect yourself just to walk in this thing and and to understand to get it all right. Um, you're going to make a lot of errors. You're going to forget things. That's just part of marriage. That's part of you becoming more holy and becoming better. So writing down a plan and then to just get super practical. I like, I have a, I have a a note in my um, uh, note-taking software that is all about being a student of my wife and her different needs and wants and things that she said, you know, like you're going to screw up sex sometimes and be like, you know, that could have been a lot better. And then you learn something about yourself and about your wife, or you could be like bringing home something, write it down. She's going to give you clues. Success leaves clues. Um, (laughs) But so does failure. So be a student, learn. And then I would advise, write these things down and then make yourself a menu. What I call, I like a menu because I feel like creativity for a lot of people is very difficult. I've learned they're not very creative. And we kind of go the path of least resistant. If you always are going the path of least resistance, you're probably going to do what you always did. If you're fabulous at your marriage, then keep on doing that. But if you need to grow, you need to change. And if you need to change, you need to have kind of a way of doing it differently, which is takes energy and takes creativity. So I would advise, right? Start asking your wife, how can I love you better? What are, give, can you have me, help me and give me some ways of, of things that your dad maybe did to make your mom feel special that stood out to you or your friends or, and start writing down a menu of things that you can look at and go, okay, here are 10 things that I could do tomorrow to show my wife that she's appreciated and loved. Pick one and try to do one every single day. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good plan. And I appreciate you giving the practical, the practical action steps for that. Chris, let me ask you this though. Um, can you maybe vouch for this in any sort of testimonial way that we're maybe, um, I'm sure, like, I know you're both licensed marriage counselors and I do want to ask a question about that, but, um, you weren't always, and just like everybody else, it's a rocky start. I think. I think that's across the board. And if someone says no, it was perfect from the beginning, they're liars. Um, so, <laughs> or they weren't so trying hard enough. Yeah, are they, exactly. <laughs> um, so, can you give any sort of like, yeah, Adam did these things, and this is how it made me feel, and this is yeah. you when know, I noticed a difference, etc. Take it totally. Away. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll uh, mention and just piggyback on what he said about writing it down. That's crucial. I don't think a lot of people realize the value of writing it down. They think, oh, I'll remember it. Like it's my wife, it's my spouse. <laughs> but I remember when he started this note in his um his note-taking <laughs> software. And he told me, he's like, you know, I was reading today. He's like, the the Queen of England has a butler, has servants, has, you know, people who serve her. And, you know, they uh, are supposed they're expected to know what she wants when she wants it and how she wants, how it. She wants it and and so he's like I have to think that they're writing that down 
He's like, so if the Queen of England has people writing things down to study her, he's like, then how much more should I be writing things down to study you? And I was like, heart melt. Thank you. Okay. Points. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even trying for that. Because if you think about it, your wife is the most per- important person in your life. Yeah. Or they ought to be. <laughs> if they're not, we yes. got issues. Clarity. But, but if she is, yeah. you know, what does that mean? So Adam is very, I mean, he explained it very practically. Like that's how he does it. So, you know, in the mornings he makes my tea and he knows exactly how I want it. If it's a fruity tea, just put honey, don't put milk. If it's, if it's an Earl Grey or a matcha, like he knows exactly how to make it and how to froth it. And he puts the timer on for the exact number and he doesn't even drink tea. I don't like tea. Like he just, you know, he knows exactly how I want it. Um, And he... I remember, so in the beginning of our marriage, um, he wasn't as keen on like remembering the specifics, especially when it came to like birthdays and anniversaries, you know, he would say happy birthday and he might get me something, but it might be like a week later, or it might be like, you know, Hey, I thought for your birthday, you could go shopping. Happy birthday. (laughs) And like, but, um, so he knows, like, I want to be thought of very specifically. So he started, I don't know, probably half our marriage ago. So let's say seven or eight years ago, he started putting in his calendar, which we have a shared calendar so I can see it, but I still love it every time I see it. He started putting like this big red, and we don't use red for anything, but he put this big red bar across my birthday week, Mother's Day and our anniversary that says birthday week, Mother's Day anniversary. And then in the notes in Google calendar, it has all the things. And he reminds himself like, remember, um, she loves the specificity. Remember to wake her up in the morning on her birthday with breakfast in bed. And like, he has like all these things written out in the calendar and it repeats every year. Because I've had enough time now to fail a few times. <laughs> yeah. And I learned that like, you know, this is the most important person in the world to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you got to live yeah. with this person. You got to live life with this person. You chose out of everyone else, that person. See, why make your home a place of tension, a place of frustration, a place of, uh, you know, like why make your home a place that you don't want to be because of your own lack of diligence? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't make sense to me. You're going to spend yeah. how much time of your life with this person? <laughs> like you want to make your life miserable just because of your yeah. pride. So learn, take influence from your wife, put in the work and, learn what makes her feel special and birthdays for her family were were very, very special. Um, And they had a certain way of doing it and, and we didn't do it that way, but she wanted it that way because that made her feel special. So we've taken on that tradition. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good tradition to have. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel, I feel immensely loved, thought of, cared for. He does a very, very good job of that. Thanks. That's uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I I I love the the intentionality part. Uh, I think sometimes going back to what you said way at the beginning, how oftentimes the love is perceived as a feeling. Like you've got to feel it. If you don't feel it, then it's really not there. But it's it's more so a decision. It's a commitment. uh, It's an act. And I think sometimes, at least at one point in my life, I was very much this way. I thought that if it wasn't something that I could just generate kind of in the moment or genuinely, at least in my mind, then uh, it wasn't 
it wasn't correct. Like mm. if I had to write this down and I had to take notes and I, I had to do all this homework, then I just wasn't doing it right in the moment. Uh, and I think I know that that's wrong now, uh, but I think it's just worth emphasizing. Uh, it's okay to take notes and to study your wife the way that you've talked about. Um, clearly it's worked. And uh, I, I think, I think everyone, everyone watching could, could see that on Carissa's face. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just to go back to love, talking about yeah. that, something that I think is one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible is that 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 verse that goes, love is gentle, mm-hmm. love is kind, love is long-suffering. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It it seeks the betterment of the others. Like you could simply go through that verse and rate yourself. How kind am I? How gentle am I? Am I just rough? You know, uh, I was listening to a book yesterday or two days ago. He was talking about, you know, there's so many people that are a slave to their personality, which what they call personality. Remember, personality is a pervasive pattern over a lifetime, but everything that they do, even their bad traits, like I'm shy. Well, shyness is not a personality. That's something that you you choose a story to tell. You you choose to tell about yourself. You know, everyone loves people, but you choose to tell yourself that oh, you know it's very difficult for me to go make friends. Well, okay. I mean, you might have been hurt before, or might have been taught that that's the way you are. But you can make friends. You've done it mm-hmm. before, right? And so, like for me, like there's. I've held myself back sometimes because of like, this is my personality, but like you could rewrite that and say, I'm going to choose to to do something else and not be held captive to this story. I've told myself that's not helpful. So if you're just a gruff person, like, well, stop doing that. Yeah. And you could be something else. Be gentle, be kind, and actually be loving and, and, if you're actually loving, not just using a word, but you're actually loving, it will look like this verse. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for most people listening, we have more life ahead of us than we do behind us. Mm-hmm. So making a change now, most of your life will be this changed individual that you strive to be. And that's what you'll be remembered by. I, I think sometimes we get stuck in the rut that, oh, it's too late. I am who I am. And that's just who I'm going to be, which is a really horrible idea in so many different ways. But yeah. Um, yeah, go go ahead and make the change. Uh, and I would also advise, which this is probably really hard to do, and I don't know, I'm going to have to you know, stick to my words here, but if you do go through Corinthians 13 and you read everything that love is, and then you assess yourself, it might be a good idea to hand that assessment over to your wife and be like, you want to grade this? <laughs> you want to make sure that I am as gentle as I think I am? Because getting the, getting that perspective, I, I think, is probably pretty key. Uh, That's a to, good exercise. To, to, it's, a to have, exercise. it's a scary exercise if you don't do it. But uh, yeah, it, that's one of those things that I think is... Um, uh, maybe more revealing of me. It's probably something that we shouldn't be scared to do. We shouldn't be yeah. fearful of our of our spouse's insights and thoughts yeah. about yeah. us. Um, we might we might have some issues if, if that's where we're at. Yeah, um, that's really good. Let, I, and I think you're saying that because we all know that we're not very good students of ourselves, much less our yeah. wives. Yeah. Yeah. So, absolutely. 
Yeah. So, well, let, let, okay. Go. Cause I'm going to ask something about that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that, well, is it Plato that said that, you know, know thyself or is it Aristotle? But I think that's a really, really good place to start. I think the older I get, the better I know me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really important to start to know yourself and start to treat yourself well. I think low self-worth is a huge destroyer of marriages um, because we do all sorts of things to get that need of appreciation or value met. And we do that in sometimes very manipulative ways. So having working on yourself, knowing yourself and knowing your tendencies, do I get angry? What does the voice in my head sound like when it's, you know, when it's off about your wife, you know, your, mm-hmm. your wife is most likely a good willed wife. So I guess knowing where we've kind of been talking about the external, but like, if you want to be a better husband, I think really understanding your internal state and knowing how to change your internal state if I'm angry and melancholy and frustrated, you first need to recognize those emotions inside of you so that you don't like bleed on everyone else. Yeah. Um, but, and then also then knowing, Hey, there are times where I get this way and, and I tell myself these things when I'm in that state, but that's all not true. So you have to have a very close grip on what you're thinking and that separate voice inside of you that says, you know, she doesn't love you or you guys haven't had sex for a week and a half and everything's falling apart. Well, no, no, she's just pregnant. And she's sick. You know, like, yeah, yeah. S- stop doing that to yourself. You know, she loves you. She's a good old wife. She's just throwing up. Right. So, right. And I'm making, <laughs> I'm just trying to like show like, but we have those voices in our heads that tell us stuff that's sometimes very counterproductive to where you want to go in your marriage. So yeah. understanding and having a solid grasp on truth um, is paramount. Yeah, I think identity is, I think identity for fatherhood is a big struggle that Christian dads have um, mm-hmm. because we don't realize that being a dad is not what we do, but it's who we are. And so I think a lot of the problems that we have with like, well, people call it work-life balance, but I like it better just referred to as life balance or life mm-hmm. in general um, the, the big struggle that we have is we're trying to keep doing the things that we want to do. And at the same time, raise kids, um, and just make sure that they survive. And so yeah, we just take on this task instead of understanding that this is who we are now. And so we have an identity problem. Um, and I think it's really easy to see that because you, your identity is dictated by your values. Your values determine your priorities, your priorities determine what you do. So you can look at what you do and you can see what your priorities are and you can see, what your values are by looking at your priorities. And right. then once you see your values, you actually determine who you are as an individual. And then that's where you can change. And so mm-hmm. I think for dads, and when it's it's helpful for them to realize that as a father, this isn't just an occupation, but this is a role in which I am called and commissioned to disciple my kids. I'm I'm there to teach them. That's that's who I am. And so mm-hmm. when you have that identity figured out, it's easier to be a dad. Mm. Um, so as a husband, so I think there's probably some similarities there. Like once you actually understand what it is to be a husband, it's probably easier to fulfill that role. I know we're running short on time, but maybe a short answer for what is it to be a husband? Hmm. 
That's a really good question. I don't know if I've thought about like, what is it to be a husband? Um, I think that God was really smart when I, I don't know, I can get off into the weeds on this, but like, why did God create two very different sorts of individuals? You know, he, he started off, you know, he created man and woman to be one and created them very different. Like, why didn't he make them more similar? You know, um, I think that's to help us work out our, di- our, our differences. <laughs> it's to help us work out how to work things out. Um, because really he's trying to make us, um, well, here we go. But I think what he's trying to do is, you know, we're all supposed to be rulers in the king in the kingdom to come, right? We're supposed to sure. be, we're kings and priests, but we're also supposed to rule and take dominion. And we're having to learn how to rule well. And I think a spouse is really that um, that second part to help refine you. Mm-hmm. And so if you can see that the spouse is a good spouse is is trying to help see the better, the the see the the best, the I don't know, um, the the version that God is trying to create in that other person. I think if we can partner with God and see like God is calling you to something amazing and lift that person up mm-hmm. and to push them to greatness. And, and she's doing the same thing to you. I think it's that, it's that, that mutual um, partnership. And, and to me, that's what being a husband is, is partnering with that person. It's not just to procreate. That's a huge thing, but it's also to partner with that person um, to lift her up as she lifts you up and of course a rising tide rises all ships then it affects the family that effect gives you a secure foundation to go and touch other homes and bless other people and but when you have your identity as a husband and your house in order this becomes a natural outgrowth Mm-hmm. but I see other people, they're not really sinking their teeth into what it really means to be a husband and not caring for their family first. And out of that, you know, they work, but then they burn out or they don't have things settled or straightened out, prior- prioritized. So I know that's not a very like clear, you know, husband is this, but um, I think, no, I think we- it helps though. If we could just keep our eyes on what Jesus said in that verse, husbands love your wives. I mean, that's a pretty, that's what we're supposed to do. I think it, yep. there's the definition. It's, it's like it's being like Jesus to your wife. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think so. I'm going to ask you one final question just for fun. Cause I mentioned I'd do this. You're both um, licensed marriage counselors. Now, I'm sure this can be fun, but is there anything that maybe the two of you do differently? I'm sure you probably still have uh, disagreements just like every other human being from time to time. Oh, yeah. Is is there one one, one action or one uh, process that maybe you do that might seem a little unique to the average couple um, because you're giving advice on how to navigate all of mm. this all the time? Is there something unique that yeah. you all do that everyone else probably won't do because they think it would be weird. <laughs> Probably. Okay, yeah. Just give, me, give, me, give me something. I'll say this. We aren't afraid to argue. 
um, okay. we recognize the value in arguing. So we argue quite a bit, but we argue well. So we have lots of tools that might sound funny to the average person. Um, we recognize tools as um, something that helps us stay in our lane. So, you know, there's, there's paint lines on the road that help us stay in our lane and help us not get into car crashes. And so we're okay with that. We're okay with driving and taking those risks. We're okay with arguing, but we know that we're going to argue well when we do. And there are times obviously where we don't, um, but we are quick to get back on track Mm. with tools. So, you know, we'll often use language like, Hey babe, I have a wish for you. Are you ready to receive it? Yep. Okay. (laughs) And so like, I I wish that, and then I'll give him a wish and be like, okay, I hear what you're saying. You would like me to blah, blah, blah. If that happened, you would feel da, 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 da. And then I'll say, yeah, could you do because, because, because on that? And like, those are just tools that, you know, how to be an active listener, how to build empathy, um, how to speak assertively. A lot of the tools that we teach at our seminars or in monthly live date night, all that stuff is really stuff that we use that Mm -hmm. we teach because we use it. Um, And like what Chris has said, you know, you know, that confidence is a very, very necessary emotion in, in your marriage. Yeah. You really need to have confidence. What happens when people are in rocky relationships is they didn't have any examples of good relationships in their life. A lot of times, sometimes they do, but they get off and they start having, not having confidence that they'll be able to work out that issue. Mm -hmm. And so then fear starts raising its ugly head and they get, they start reacting instead of being proactive in their conversations. They're not, and, and there is no protocol or they'll avoid out of fear. And right. then it just blows up. Right. Yep. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So again, the etymology of confidence is intense trust. It's having that trust in oneself or in the process. So if you could start getting some, um, just protocol of like, when we have an argument, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I'll normally say, okay, baby, it looks like we're having an issue right now. And normally, you know, arguments sneak up on you and I'll reach right. over and be like, all right, Go ahead. I want you to hear what, what is your wish for me? And so we have these protocol that now I know that we'll get in more arguments. Totally. That happens. Every relationship should argue, yep. but then argue well. It, studies show that it's not the arguments that you, get, that you get in that determines your happiness, but how you handle them. So if you can actually put some lines on your streets you know, like, and start to have some agreed upon protocol and agreed upon rules and laws of your marriage. Uh, we will do this. We won't do this. When we get in an argument, we'll do this. We'll take turns. Um, you can actually have a lot of confidence that when I drive my car with other people that are crazy, that I probably won't get in a, in a horrendous car wreck, you know, yeah, because they agree upon the rules too. So that's, that's, I think what maybe we do a little bit different, but that's because of a lot of work and a lot of training and and we know ourselves now and we take influence from one another when we get into those spots. Yeah, that's good. I love that. If I don't know if you have a great podcast, but if you have an episode on arguing well, send me the link and I'll make sure to add it to the description because I I think that would be a huge benefit to a lot of people. Um, Thank you so much for making time for me today. I know we got off to a bumpy start (laughs) trying to get connected and everything, but we've made it through 
And I think you've added some uh, great insight and benefits for husbands listening on how they can better love their wives and embody that identity as a husband. So thank you so much again for being with me. And I look forward to connecting with you again. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. It's an honor. Thank you so and much. Thank you for fathering our future. It's a, an excellent resource for dads and families. So thank you. Well, it's always a joy to be able to talk to my friends, Adam and Carissa King. They are the founders of Dear Young Married Couple. If you're married and you have young kids and you're listening to this podcast, you should also listen to that podcast. There is a lot that you can learn. There's a lot that is helpful. Your marriage is not something that is a one and done deal. It's something that you continue to work on throughout the course of your life. So go check out the podcast. I believe you can check out their website, dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. They have a lot of resources, some things that I think will be super helpful for you. Uh, They have these little decks of cards that you can go through where you will have questions that you'll talk about with your spouse. They have three. This is Foundations realizations. And here's the fun one. Sexpectations. What a good name. And I talk about these and reference these in my book, Cut the Crap. So if you are a new dad, if you are about to be a dad, here's a good book for you to get started. Good questions for you to go through and get to know yourself and give yourself a a step forward on being a father before you're a father or getting on the right course of being the father that God has called you to be so that you can fulfill the mission of fatherhood. And that is to equip and to disciple our kids, to be a part of God's mission in a greater capacity than ourselves. And again, like Adam talked about at the end of the podcast, a rising tide rises all ships work on your marriage, value your marriage, value your wife, strive to do what Paul instructs husbands to do, to love their wives as Christ loved the church. So don't be afraid of getting some resources like this that can help you. Don't be afraid of listening to a podcast about marriage that can help you do what you have to do. Be a student of your wife. Do these things and they will make a difference. Now I want to close this episode out with a prayer and then we will be on our way to being better husbands and loving our wives better. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be married. We thank you for the opportunity to be a part of the union that you designed where we get to be husbands, where we get to share this unity with this woman that you've blessed us with. We might think that we're good looking and that we have all the style and all the personality that won her over, but God, we know that you gave us favor when you gave us our wife. So I pray that you would help us, Lord, to be a steward of our wife, to treat her with courtesy, kindness, and respect, that we would care for her in the way that you've cared for us, even before we did anything to possibly earn anything from you. While we were ungodly, while we were sinners, that's when you loved us. So God, help us to love our wives, even if we feel we're having struggles in our marriage today, even if we feel like our wife isn't showing us the respect and the love that we feel we deserve today. God, help us to love her in the same way that you have loved us. Help us to fulfill your instruction in Ephesians 5 and help us, God, every day to grow, to not only be better dads, but to also be better husbands so that in doing that, we can be a light of your gospel, a light of your word, and that we can show people that your way is better, that your way is right. God, we ask all these things in your wonderful name, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Well, thank you so much for being with me today. This is Fathering Our Future. I'm Anthony Vandegriff, and I hope you will join me next time. I want to thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future and for endeavoring to grow as a dad. But I want to ask you to become more than just a subscriber. I want to ask you to consider becoming a supporter of Fathering Our Future. Whether it's a one-time gift today or a monthly commitment, whatever you give, it's not too small. It will contribute to Fathering Our Future, continuing to grow and to expand and to reach dads. All you have to do is go to Fathering Our Future dot com. Click the donate button and give whatever you would like to give. Thank you and God bless.